Hi, and welcome to the, what is it now, the 12th Leader Post Rider Rumblings video podcast. I don't know. We need a quicker, snappier title, but that's the best we can come <laughs> up with. That was the Leader Post Philharmonic Orchestra. Once again, we were going to have the Saskatchewan Rough Riders Philharmonic Orchestra, but they didn't trust the conductor. They could only play about five notes, and then they gave up. So really? That's an attempt at humor, and pretty, it didn't work. Weak. Where's the laugh track, Austin? Um, our regular to my right is the ever-diminishing Murray McCormick. Um, he's going to fax himself to road trips <laughs> the way he's going very shortly. And uh, to my left, it's an empty chair. See John Anderson, 1980 U.S. presidential election. Very obscure joke. We have Brendan Tammen from his plush estate in British Columbia uh, via whatever the technology allows him to join us with. Brendan, are you there? Yeah, I'm used to being in an empty chair. Remember I got fired? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, when was that? (laughs) It's the last time I talked to you, Murray. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's always nice to talk to you, I guess. Well, some days it is. Some that day probably wasn't. <laughs> I, I must, I must uh, use this as a shameless opportunity to tout uh, Brendan's column this week. Uh, an absolute <laughs> wonderful piece of journalistic analysis of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And uh, my predictions are still ahead of his, but his column is certainly ahead of mine in terms of readability lately. So, Brendan, that was awesome. Thank you. He's making a big impact. People are talking about you, Brendan, more than you were when you were back the GM. So maybe you have a future ahead of you as a writer. I was going to say, I'll probably write better columns than I did GM. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least I don't think our industry is as strong as when you left, though. But hopefully you can find a job. Yeah, I think, well, yeah. I guess its debate is whether they are or not. (laughs) Well, they've shown different signs. It's true. You know what's weird about this team? It's a three and three team, and it feels somewhat like one and five right now. Even when they yeah, beat Ham, I don't think it should. It's a weird feeling. Yeah, I think as most people do, they take the offensive perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And it's been so fill in the word um, <laughs> troubling. No dynamic. <laughs> yeah, but I think the the saving grace that they have is they have a very good defense, as you know. And I think when you have that going for you, you always have a chance. Now, your offense has to give you something, which you can debate whether they have lately or not. But I think there's some hope there because of their defense is so good. But the thing is, the way the offense plays is just overshadowing everything this team does. There's all I feel are questions about how bad Brandon Bridge is, what David Watford should be in there, when Zach's coming back. It's just, that's right, it's not a 3-3 three and three team. It feels like an 0-5 team. I don't know if anybody, or an 0-6 team. I don't know if anybody's ever been a GM of a team like that in a long time. <laughs> But it's, when it gets same. to 9 you got to clean everybody. Yeah, you got to go. You got to go on your own nine. Been there, done that. <laughs> but it's just true. Like, it's just the way. And it's funny because I, I agree. The defense, you look at last Saturday's game, they gave up 24 points in the first quarter. Arguably not all the defense's fault, but they scored on them. And people are saying the defense played pretty well. Like, that's. What well, have you had that sort of discussion? Well, if you look like at that? it, one of those touchdowns was on a punt return. Yeah. And uh, the first two Calgary touchdowns were after. Were, after fumbles just outside the Rough Riders' 40-yard line. So on another occasion, the, the Riders turned over the ball. I think Calgary had the ball around the 42-43, and they went minus one minus one on that possession before Calgary kicked a, the 52-yard field yeah. goal by Rennie Pre, Paradis. So um, it's hard to pin that one on the defense. Plus, the defense 
scored a touchdown, which is rather mm-hmm. novel for this football team this year. So not defensively though. Not not four. defensively. <laughs> I mean, they're almost as likely to score when they don't have the ball. Five defensive or special teams touchdowns, six on offense. So I think that that's one of the reasons that the talk automatically focuses on the offense. You look at the victory in in Hamilton, and people were still grumbling about it. It just it's it's a very weird dynamic with this football team. They're one game ahead of where they were last year. They were two and four at the six game mark. But I think losing to Montreal just put people in an owly mood, and I'm not sure that's completely dissipated yet. I think there are such high expectations for this team coming to the season, and you and I both had them. We were talking playoff, home playoff team, and to be in a position where they're going to have an off had a great receiving core. We talked about how they did they, they, <laughs> for that Saturday. Sorry. I keep talking about that Saturday when all the cuts went through, but. They look to be a whole different team than they are right now, and I think the expectations are still sort of following this team that they expected them to be a lot better, and they, they haven't been that team. Brandon, yeah, the problem is they're in the West. That's the problem. Yes. Heck, they'd well, be the, first place or close to it in the East. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, well Even with that offense. Yeah. You cited in your column, Brendan, I mean, the Riders' offense would be not yeah. bad in the, in the East Division. What, how yeah, do you figure I think this? they're four points behind Ottawa in points scored, I think. Yeah, I mean, like it's all relative because once you start playing Western teams, this is where you're going to find out how good you are. So, did we find and, out how good they are against Calgary? Then is that what, is that what you're suggesting? No, I, well, I, I'm not. I don't care who they play; their defense is going to be good no matter who they play. Yeah. I think their offense this week will get a little bit of a reprieve because Edmonton's defense is not Calgary's. Mm-hmm. So, even if they start at Bridge, he's going to think playing that defense against Edmonton is not as tough as Calgary just because how good Calgary is. So I think there's a light at the end of the tunnel or train, one of the two. At Commonwealth Stadium? It's not very often. It's a tough place for them to play, isn't it? Well, when some guys as a GM were there, yeah. But <laughs> but they won last year. It's true. They did win there, yeah. And Mike, yeah, they Mike won last Riley's, year. Mike I think we won both games hot. in 2013 and ever since other any other years, I don't think they've won. No, and then last year, of course. So yeah. I'm not sold on Edmonton's defense. I'm not. And I think there's a chance for Saskatchewan to be okay in this game. Can you really win with a defense, though? Can you take right Ultimately, no. Ult- Ultimately, no. I don't believe you can. You have to have some kind of offensive production somewhere. Does the fact and that Zach Clare is returning up the I think offensive? that'll help big time. Yeah, I think he really didn't light it up much. He did in the first game and a half. He didn't light it up much there either. You know, he had three hundred yards, two TDs, a couple of picks. Look, I'm rhyming off stats like you, Rob. That's amazing. Amazing stuff. They're going all on. incorrect too. No, they aren't. I'm just bothering you. No. So he's reading from a paper. <laughs> no, it's tucked away in my mind. Uh oh. Well, I, I think I think this goes back to when they signed him. They paid him a few bucks to come in. Uh, not to be in a quarterback competition. That's a joke. So he's the starter. He's the guy. And they think he can carry their offense a lot better than who they have or had. So they've only had one game and a half to show it or not even. So this will be a big test. And uh, I still think Zach Laris is a pretty good quarterback myself. And that's based on when we went against him. He was, he gave us a lot of fits, whether he's the same guy or not, I guess we'll know over the next, you know, couple months. I, can I ask you a question as a GM? The fact that he kept his concussion issues secret in considering the issues now with going on with concussions and how they're supposed to be transparent, what would you do as a GM if you had your quarterback kind of didn't tell anybody that he had a concussion issues? 
I would uh, I would have a one-on-one with them going, okay, there's football and there's life, and don't ever put football ahead of life again. Mm-hmm. Basically, because that I mean, the kid wants to play. We all like I understand why he did it, but when you get into issues like this, and he's not the only one that's done this by no means. Oh, no. I, I've had guys that did that when I was there. And um, it's that football mentality, but it's not the smart one to take. It's it's very dangerous. You, you can't risk your health permanently. That's just – football's not that important no matter what anybody says. So I understand why he did it, but I would yeah. I would have implied with him since that happened that please don't do that again. But I think what happens sometimes is people think, look, if I'm not – playing yeah. is somebody going to take my job look at jason moss in edmonton he goes down ricky ray comes in back in 2002 and ricky ray ends up being the eskimos quarterback with help from jason moss in 2005 mind you you look at right. uh, drew bloodsoe gets hurt with the new england patriots in comes somebody named tom brady i don't, I don't mean uh, to disagree so, with you on there but uh, zach said he was afraid because he was a new guy he felt the pressure to play and that's maybe the same thing, but Zach said because he felt he had to get in the, on the field for this team, and because of his, maybe his injury background, he was worried about that too. So there's extra pressure on him. But in Zach's credit and Chris Jones' credit, they never pressured him to play. That's no, one thing about this whole thing. No one pressured him to play. It was all on Zach, and he accepted the responsibility for that. So I think we should. I don't know if it's commendable, but it's recognizable. Oh, I'm not going to crucify him for it. I think it's it's. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I've. I've been hiding a pulled hamstring for a couple of weeks now, and I, I keep working. Right? It just, it's just human nature. Really? Yeah. So. <laughs> Do you ever stop? You ride your bike? <laughs> I did yesterday. That was a failure. Okay. The well. um, <laughs> now it's really sore. Um, the Call question I have now: If you put Zach Claros in, but everything else stays the same, and it may not, but can is quarterbacking alone going to fix this offense? Now, if Deron Carter ends up playing receiver, that will help. That's not yet confirmed. Uh, they're mm-hmm. down one fewer tailback, but they really didn't need three of them anyway. The offensive right. line is not awful anymore, but it's not great. Um, right. Will Zach can Zach Caleros alone be the be the catalyst for an offensive resurgence in a short week when he hasn't played since week two? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yes, better than what they've had. How about that? I think he's better than what they had going out there, and maybe give him a chance to generate some offense. So, yes, I think. But exactly. it's better than what we had. Um, the greatest compliment in the world. It's a pretty, yeah, you know, not, not much one, is it? You know, I mean, that's what Priscilla said when I proposed. She said, it's like you're, you're, "You're better than what I had." It's like saying your hairstyle is going to come in common style one day, maybe. Well, ours is. A lot of people have emulated that. Yeah. Like Brendan, what what can you expect from this offense with if it's just Caleros and everything else stays the same? What is a reasonable expectation? Well, again, only the people that are in those walls know exactly how they go about their game plans and all that stuff. But I would have to think that if Caleros plays, the play calling is going to be a little bit adjustment, uh, meaning. If you see the same draw screens and all that stuff you saw Saturday night, Thursday in Edmonton with Caleros as your quarterback, um, I would question that significantly um, because, like it's, I mean, coaches in I the league the numbers know how to game plan against each other. Of the rough, oh, sorry. You, you, you cut okay. out there for a sec, Brendan. Would oh, you okay, mind repeating must... that? You went, uh, we, I thought you'd been fired again. It just disappeared for about 10 seconds. 
Well, I probably wasn't making sense, so that's why you cut me off. <laughs> Our censor. Yeah. <laughs> no, you I have was to make sense that... on these podcasts. That's not <laughs> well, with you two on it, it's not hard not to make sense. <laughs> so, um, you know, I was saying that I presume with Caleros coming back, the play calling is going to be adjusted accordingly, where you're going to see some variations. And when they played, I believe, against Toronto, and especially in Ottawa when Zach played, Granted, they had a couple of picks, but the ball was going down the field. Um, yeah, I'm not sure point. I've seen the ball go down the field lately in their latest games. Not much, anyway. But so I don't think they'll open it up with Zach. Because I believe they. the reality is, in my opinion, is they trust him more than what they had. Have you ever been in that position with a quarterback? Yeah, I usually, guy? We usually didn't have any, so I'd, uh, no, yeah. not really. If Daring got hurt, it was the end of the world. So, um, yeah. yeah, we were in this in... Oh, thanks for the reminder. Um, <laughs> Seth Dagey and Aren't Tino you glad you yeah. and all those eras. You guys remember yeah. those games. Mm-hmm. And you, you have you, growing you. pains. But it, it comes back to when you put your team together, you have to have a quarterback. And I think – I'm not disagreeing with them. I think they believe it's Zach Claros and uh, we're going to find out. And I, I well, don't I, I don't think they're wrong, personally. I agree with you, too, because in, back in January, they wouldn't got the best quarterback available. Exactly. Yeah, I thought it was a great move. I really did. Yeah. I thought, and, wow, they've got yeah, something going was, now. And then they got into that whole competition stuff that was well, big BS. And, can you, can yeah. you explain that one to me? No, I can't. No. It, maybe it was just to keep me asking that question, who's starting? Because I do ask it. I asked that yesterday, too. Who's going to start on Thursday? It's fun to bring that up again. But, but I mean, there's no way to A lot of the times, as a GM, if the coach says we're going to start our 50 grand guy and your 400 guys on the bench... Either the GM's going to be gone or the coach is going to be gone. Because <laughs> that don't make sense. Or both. <laughs> no, that's a lot. It's all well, about yeah, money. But... It's, uh, like, what, about, what about the Jerome Messam situation? I, I don't want to get into uh, all the legalities yeah. of it, but we, even yeah. we look at it from a roster perspective. That whole, the, that whole tailback troika has been, was pretty mystifying for a lot of the season does does this impact the team I, they weren't really leaning on him from a ratio perspective that much it, it seems uh what what impact is the messam thing going to have i would think you know yesterday would have created some waves in the locker room just because it's such a an alarming issue that came up and then all of a sudden he's released so their on-field product i don't think will be adjusted too much jerome's a pretty good bat but they like you said every third series you know it seemed like he was going to go in the game so they can adjust that easily, and they already have, I'm sure. But the dynamics amongst your team, yeah, it would cause, you know, he's a veteran guy that has been around and knows some guys, obviously, from his background there and whatnot. But I, I don't think the impact will be too significant, I don't believe. As a GM, how do you – I mean, you you had to handle situations not exactly the same, obviously, but in 2013 there were legal situations that came up. Mm-hmm. What does that mm-hmm. do in the front office when you have to just deal with – you know, irrespective of the, of the specifics of the situation, what what does that do internally? When I mean, you had you had oh. three of them to deal with that year. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's quite interesting to deal with as a GM because you obviously want to do the right thing for the community and and the law and all that stuff, but you have to be very very careful. I mean, there was some pressure back in that year to get rid of those guys or at least suspend them for a game or two, just based on the charges, which I flat out disagreed with. Because the more I got some facts brought to me, 
um, I wasn't necessarily convinced that what was going on was true. So the thing that I was trying to guard against was our locker room because they know what went on in that incident or two. And if you start to throw guys under the bus, what are you telling your guys in that locker room? You're with them or you're not. And by throwing them under the bus, I would have, in my opinion, been telling the guys in the locker room, I'm not with you in this. I'm just going to react and knee jerk. And well, if it's right, it's right. And if it's wrong, too bad. But um, that whole scenario, you know, engulfed my time and Corey and Jeremy basically ran the team during those, you know, a few days, but uh, it's a very slippery slope because there's public pressure and there's, you know, people that assume what the facts are when in reality they weren't. Um, That's always dangerous. So, uh, I just, I've never been a guy that would take a guy and say, okay, you're guilty. Oh, you're innocent. Oh, oh, shoot. I'm always, <laughs> let's get the facts. Let's wrongfully or rightfully take the side that they're innocent until we know more. But some of those guys that were involved that year were pretty important part to our success. Yeah. And, uh, they had a reputation that didn't quite, uh, line up with what happened that night. I'll just put it that way. And what happened? And as it proved out in the courts, they yes, the exactly. charges were dropped. And that's you know, in cases, you know, the only one of them has actually made it to court, didn't it? And it was that was just okay, goodbye. The judge pretty much threw it out yeah. immediately. So, what if right. if you had bowed to public pressure? What if you taken what may have been perceived at the time as the easy just easy way out and just said okay, goodbye? Well, you know, irrespective of what impact it would have had on the football team, you would have cut three players who were ultimately and quite resoundingly exonerated. And what kind of message does that send? And that's what I mean. I mean, the guys in that locker room knew what was going on that night. And if I just did that, they're going to look at you as a GM running your football team going, what is this guy all about? He's not with us. He's against us. And you have to be to a degree as a GM and as a head coach at times. But um, I always believe in trying to do the right thing with the facts that you can gather and the facts that we gathered took four or five days to get but to base your decision on 24 hours of facts yeah i probably would have suspended them but <laughs> there was way more going on behind the scenes but it it, mm. it it puts you in a difficult spot and i think you're seeing that in pro sports quite a bit not in just the cfl but well, it um to, it's tricky when it comes to the general message there's a zero tolerance level for the cfl for this kind of thing with johnny menzel and justin cox and you can Euclid Cummings and all these guys. So, where's Deron Carter into that? Hmm? So where's Deron Carter into that? Play? Sorry. Well, I, I don't know where do you, where does Dumb fit into? <laughs> well, obviously he doesn't because they viewed it that it's not as serious, serious. as charge as these other ones, right? Yeah. And it isn't. I don't think it is. I don't think. But yeah, but he's guilty too. What happens? Yeah. These kids aren't guilty. I know that's the question we're going to say. Like my was my wife asked us, "What happens if he's not guilty? What happens if this is thrown right. out of court?" Yeah, and he's not the only one in the league lately that's done this. Yeah. So you look at different standards throughout sport. I mean, Roberto Osuna gets suspended for 75 games, a pretty yes. stiff sentence, but it's not like he's dumped outright, ends up being traded. But right. different sports seem to have different standards. And uh, I'm just waiting for the first high profile situation like this where the courts ultimately say no. That's If they throw out a case such as this, right. when a player's already been cut. Right. Well, what recourse does he have, if any? 
what recourse does the players association have what do they pursue there's all sorts of tentacles for this if you automatically you know uh, dismiss somebody on the basis of a charge of, of an allegation yeah and that's a very slippery slope they're going down because there's issues that have happened in the league both on the field and off that you got to be consistent with how you do stuff that's for sure can, can, can I just ask Brendan a little later? What are you doing now, Brendan? People, I, you know, not, I'm, I'm we know you're your a columnist. Yeah, we I'm know you're. Yeah. Well, thank you. Glad somebody is. I'm always. Are you still buying a paper though? Every now and again, home, 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 does home delivery reach it out there? People are impressed with your columns, but I keep, and it's just so what does he do now? Sit at home and write these columns for a week, or what? 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 What is Brendan Tamman doing in 2018? What I'm doing on a day-to-day basis is nobody's business. <laughs> <laughs> So that tells me no. you're not doing much. <laughs> if you're shooting no. at golf every day. <laughs> uh, no, I don't actually. I should because it's right behind me. I'm just, you know, I've been helping a few people on the side do a few things. More like a consulting thing with certain aspects of things. I haven't done a lot, to be honest with you, but I've poked around with maybe getting back in it, but nothing's happened yet. So we'll see how it plays out. But I'm just taking it easy and semi-retired. Put it to you that way. Good for you. I wish yeah, like that. for now. For now, yeah. Well, we're we're so glad that you've uh, you've dipped into your semi-retirement to write for us. It's been uh, I know it's been very well received, and and we've well, that's good. Like of, I said in our uh, thirty-five people like it. That's good to know. Well, you said thirty. Was it thirty-four? Did yeah, you, when did I'm you, one did today, my sister throw? read it. <laughs> <laughs> I keep oh, track. <laughs> it's it's always it's always nice when the relatives uh, pay attention. I was in a situation a few years ago where I used to do this nightly. Every Monday I did this thing on Global. And uh, so I went on there Monday night and afterwards I asked my wife what she thought of it. And she says, I don't know. I was watching Everybody Loves Raymond. So I wasn't even <laughs> I wasn't even a sportscaster of the moment or sports writer of the moment. Ray Romano or whatever he was in the show. Well, uh, that reminds me that the caliber of the CFL games hopefully comes up a little bit because some of them this year have been pretty blah. Yeah. Last week was just dud, 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 dud. Yeah. Um, the Calgary Rider game had, had its moments, but there's just not a lot of entertainment no. value to be to be extracted from it. No. Unlike this podcast. Yeah, this is dynamic. Well, we, we, have, it's, 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 uh, we solved our technological hurdles, which yes, is crucial. That's a good, so. many it must be the BC air in the mountains, I'm guessing. That's true, yeah. <laughs> Are you a naturist now? Uh, I feed deer now and then, if that counts. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't you have them in your backyard or something? Yeah, they they stroll through at night, going through my backyard. They checking around. They'll watch the CFL game if it's on TV because they can see the TV from a window. So I guess they'll sit down there and shoot. Question. They're actually quite an interesting animal. It's pretty neat to see. A very quick scouting question here: What did they do to stop Mike Riley? Is he harder than Jeremiah Mazzoli? Mazzoli when they faced him? Well, he's he's very good. But if anybody knows him, I think it's Chris Jones, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, if they got the people behind, you know, it's to me it's pressure and secondary, right? And if they get coverage, I think their sec their their D line will be fine. Um, I wouldn't expect him to light them up. I really wouldn't. So four hundred yards against Montreal is in the harbinger of what they're going to do against the Rough Riders. <laughs> they have a tendency to throw it a lot, so just on average of plays that they run, they're probably going to get two fifty to three passing. But you know, you go back to last year's game, right? in Edmonton and Saskatchewan just smothered them. Whether they can or not, that's going to be the test, right? Great. Well, that's it for week 12, I believe. I always lose count. I think I don't even think the first How are you week in week 12 when there's only been seven weeks of football? We started this in the preseason. 
I have no idea how we're in week 12. I just go wow. along and I just assume Have you lost Bob count, Rob, right. by chance? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it's either 12 or 13. That debate has come up in rider history. Every podcast yeah. counts. And one thing we Every, can do is Everyone counts, count. Murray. Yes. <laughs> is that the ones that you're in or not? The ones I'm in don't count. That's why I don't have any. Ah, uh, that's what I figured. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm is getting you, a... Re- sorry, sir, Wrap it up. Wrap it up, Wrap huh? it up. I'm getting yeah. the wrap it up sign from Austin Davis. So I will obediently wrap it up. Uh, for okay. Brendan Tam. Brendan, thank you so much for being with us. Thank hey, you for every week. It's been a gas. It's been wonderful. Uh, enjoy Brandon. Edmonton, Murray. Have some good food, as I know you will. Oh, that, good idea. I'm going to try it. I was thinking of a couple of good restaurants I got to hit. Murray, thank you so much and for Thanks, putting man. up with my incompetence today. I'm Rob Vanstone. I think, and uh, we'll do this again next week, I think. Take care.